going by How's It Hanging? How's It Happen? You guys know this is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast. It is Tuesday. It is March 29th. Yeah, we're at the end of March. But this podcast, I'm just going to preface this with this right now. My God, when it comes to a lot of different things going on in the music industry, different like ideas around, uh, God, literally everything. From stuff with MGK to growing the scene to uh, gatekeeping. Literally a lot of different things. Uh, adapting to your surroundings in terms of, you know, rock and metal with way pop culture is working. It all gets talked about in here, and it is one of the coolest conversations I've had in a while. Pretty much right up there with the one we do with Lines of the Game with all the economic stuff. I mean, this is something you're probably not going to get really anywhere else, especially with all the differing, like, ideas and opinions that come through. So you're going to want to listen to the whole entire thing. Before we get going, though, I want to thank our sponsors first, Phoenix Fitness. Yes, which is the first quarter of the year is all done. It's going to be, you know, Summer beach season, you want to get into shape, yeah, or if you're like me, you're just like, you know, you're full into concerts and mosh pits are your thing and you don't want to jump on them. So while I was going to the gym, you know that, uh, cardio, weightlifting, literally everything to get to build like all of yeah. but I got to make sure I prepare myself and recover right with my body muscles to make sure, you know, like I'm good to go the next day and I'm not just kind of like, you know, hitting that burnout stage or plateau stage. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes in with many different supplements to help you achieve your fitness goals, like different pre-workouts to help, you know, get amped up and get going that workout and get that better pump. They have stim and stim free stuff. I use the stim free stuff because, man, I got too much energy already. I don't need, you know, extra like caffeine and stuff. Uh, they have different uh, BCW recovery compounds to help you and your body absorb the nutrients for your muscles after your workout. Different creatines help you build muscle, different proteins, you know, AM, PM blends, and directly after your workout to help build the muscle once again. Multivitamins, literally anything you might need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. So our listeners get 15% off the code MSOTD at checkout. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now on to our second po- uh, sponsor. I almost said second podcast. Our second sponsor is going to be Custom Debuts. So what does Custom Debuts do? They can help you with the coolest custom post, be the coolest, coolest, coolest cat in the office, in the garage, with your basement, dorm room, literally anywhere you want to put it up there because you want to be the shit, right? So here's what you're going to do. Go to Custom Debuts website. You can put in any artist, any album, any song, and they'll create a custom poster off of that for you. And you can get it printed on literally anything from like, you know, the canvas print, which is kind of cool. It's like a full on like canvas thing, just normal post paper or a full on aluminum sign. Now, how cool is that? I should probably get one. I'm, they've been a sponsor for like a couple of months now. I still haven't gotten anything from there. So that's on me, guys. But yeah, so our listeners get 10% off using the code CPP10 at checkout. Custom Views website, link description to the podcast and Custom Views now under feature presentation. So the band Generation Underground is here today. Mike has been on the podcast. He was before. This is his third time on here. We also have two other members band rob and roth they're on the podcast as well and literally they got a you know a brand new or second half of their uh initial album cold-blooded volume two coming out in 420 2022 uh their new their latest song rb trail which you could have actually heard a lot earlier than that but it came out on saint patrick's day March 17th. So go listen to that right now. It's got a feature in there. You can watch the video because the feature actually appears in the video. That's something we talk about the podcast as well. On top of that, again, this podcast is one full of incredible substance when it comes to ideas around the music industry, adapting what happened to Generation Underground from the last time we saw them, the lineup change that they went through, the, all the different things they went through with different management, different publicity stuff, all these different things that really showed them a lot of different things about you know the music industry and really attacking culture in a way to understand where to grow rock and metal and how they can grow themselves. This is one you're not going to want to miss out on. So enough with me. Let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the core progression podcast. 
This band right here has been on the podcast multiple times, and it's always good to have them come back because usually, like, you know, the conversations we have are just absolutely and utterly insane. And I'm so glad to have it back once again. They're, well, I'll say a song, you know, as a recording, this is called Passing Evil, but they got a brand new song called Arbitrail, which will be out as the time this podcast releases. So you're going to want to go check it out. They've got a new record coming out in April of 2022. You're not going to miss. And one thing I noticed about this band right now, the lineup is different, but one person here I always love to have here is the same. So please welcome Mike, Rob, and Roth from the band Generation Underground to the podcast. So Mike, welcome back. And Rob and Roth. Welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. What's poppin', homies? Well, obviously some good stuff, man. I mean, you got the fidget spinner going, Rob. You got the unicorn on the head, man. Unicorn. I came prepared. I'm always prepared for this. He has that Boy Scout mentality. Always be prepared. And, I mean, honestly, I've seen some crazy stuff happen with, like, all the backgrounds on the podcast. And, like, I've never had someone, like, just, like, have that, like, uni- like anything superimposed on top of their head. So the unicorn thing... Is actually a new thing for me to see, so this is actually pretty cool. A minimalist vibe that we're striving for. Hey, sometimes you know less is more. Absolutely, that it is. Well, we'll jump right into it because I remember the, previously we were going to do this again about a couple months ago, but then Mike, you messed me saying, you know, we got to put this on hold because there were things going on with the band, and now we're doing this once again. But there's a whole new lineup with you as well, so. Main question to start out with is, what happened? I mean, the simple answer is, I mean, we had hired two publicists, and they both were just god-awful and just didn't do a good job of marketing the song in general. We had a guitar player who just did not care. He just wasn't interested and it just became more than it really was worth getting involved with. And it just came to a point where it's just like, we need to, like, to take a step back and like really change the, uh, the circumstances around the band. Cause it was just getting to points like we're pushing forward a record that none of us have interest in and the people promoting it don't give a shit. And it was just like, this is a train wreck that needs to be stopped um before it gets you know anywhere it's kind of hard when you got a publicist who won't get on the phone you got another one who's annoying as hell and you got a guitar player who doesn't give a shit and who's trying to join another band behind my back and meanwhile you know thinks i don't know but i do know and it's like you know like after a while it's just like you know why don't we just take some time and actually like let's get this all situated at the same time I mean, that makes a lot of sense just because when it comes to this, I mean, this is your, this is your band. This is your project. I mean, this is what you want to do with life. So you're not going to want to have people around you that are not taking it in some sort of serious capacity, whether it's a guitar player who wants to, you know, try and join another band behind your back and not really care. And two publicists, one who is, you know, just not even responding to calls and not even responding to anything else. And another who is, I don't know exactly what they all did that would be classified as annoying, but, you know, maybe doing some more of the minimalistic stuff or just kind of the bare bones kind of stuff and just trying not trying to innovate or anything. And then on top of that, if no one's really excited about the record, whether it's, you know, from you guys or whether it's from, you know, the people that are promoting the record as well, that's going to be just, like you said, a train wreck waiting to happen, especially upon release because it would be released and nothing would ever really come of it. So in order to, you know, make sure that this is going to be something that you guys want to do and be the most success possible it did make sense for you to pull back and basically reevaluate the whole entire thing. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like people need to understand, like this record was supposed to come out in 2019. It's supposed to be one cult, you know, one whole record, not an EP and an EP. But the thought process was we'll split it up because the people's attention spans are shorter and be easier. People can know the songs from each release. The issue was this thing called coronavirus happened and completely fucked everything and then became impossible to do anything and everyone doesn't know what to do and this and that and you know i had touched this on the previous episode about hiring the wrong manager and how much that derailed the direction is banned by you know literally almost a year and then trying to get everything back on track and i think we rode a little bit too hot of momentum and we were kind of just trying to like force the release in 2020 and you know we were getting close to putting it out but and the people just lyric video wasn't done in time. The video music video wasn't done in time, and it just became a point where it's just like nothing's going to get done on time. We and we're just going to rush this. And our publicist at the time, Adam Ramey from Dropout Kings, had a very good point. He's like, "Why don't we just get all the assets we need for the record first, and then we'll go pick a date?" And I was like, "You know, like it was a pretty simple thing he said, but it made a lot of sense at the time." And we took our time. We got. The artwork finished. We got the CDs ordered. We got the videos finished. We got everything in line, you know, and that took a long time to get in line. And, you know, we thought we were going to put it out last, um, you know, year, but kind of jumping back to what I said before, you know, when you have a guitar player who's not interested, you have a publicist, one that's just fucking annoying and in my ass all day. And I got another one who won't even jump on a phone call who doesn't care who thinks what I'm saying in interviews is controversial, which is just a total lack of fucking nonsense because it wasn't. He's like, oh, you know, you're being too edgy. With I was like, if you really want to see edgy, you've never seen me be edgy then, buddy. And, you know, taking all those things together, it was just like, you know, man, like, why don't we just fucking get everything together and then let's go forward with this. And obviously, like, the lineup changed and it just, you know, this is definitely the time. Is this the right time to do it? You know, it'll be, it'll be coming on the two-year anniversary of the first one. And it just, it's time to move forward this. And what people, you know, don't know, Kevin, is we've been working on another record for almost two years now. Like, we got 11 songs done already. Like, we're working on song number 12 as of last week. Like, you know, we have a lot of stuff we've been putting together behind the scenes. People just have no idea about it. And like, yeah, like the lineup, you know, is shuffled. But like, I can't, you know. You can't necessarily get angry about people that leave when you do everything to make them happy and they're still not satisfied. It's like, I don't understand how you're not satisfied when we hire the publicist, the same publicist who's working on the new Nine Inch Nails record. Like, I don't know how you're not excited to work with someone like that. And this is the same lady who's worked with Metallica, Lamb of God, Anthrax, you know, you name it, she's worked with them. And then, you know, I'm talking about like Maria from Adrenaline PR. And then we're also talking about, you know, we hired Steam Daddy and Tyler from Steam Daddy. And, you know, we have a good team behind us. And we have people from Burning Wick Studios helping us with social media posting and, you know, content and algorithms and posting and this. And like, you know, like we finally have a good team. We have a great manager, Alana Weaver. Like we have a great team behind us now that it makes putting out a release so much easier because you have that support system behind you not sitting there going like well we don't have it. it's like no we do have that now god damn there's a lot to unpack there one i mean first thing that made the most amount of sense was with what uh, Adam from dropout king said was especially in the time that we're in right now i mean even though we're you know two years pretty much removed from the whole entire covid shutdown thing 
the supply chain is still suffering from a lot of that. I know a lot of bands that are still having trouble getting their assets from their record releases to the fans, specifically vinyl records, all based off of supply chain issues, all based off of demand. So getting all of, you know your assets for this record together and ready to roll before you put that out there makes a shit ton of sense. It really does because then you can deliver the record when you want to and you have all of that already in place. And then when it comes to everything else, well, you guys went through with the managers, the uh, the publicists and everything else around there. I mean, you guys took that not as, you know, a full on deterrent, but you guys use that as a learning experience, you know, in the end so that you could get the right team around you that you have now that's looking at the different algorithms on social media. It's looking at the different algorithms on Spotify music, all that stuff to figure out how to get your music into the attention of most people, into the ears of more people and really help the band grow that way. And then on top of that as well, when it comes to the people that you're working with music on, even the new stuff, I mean, we don't even know what the new stuff's going to end up entailing, especially coming forward, but my God, like there's going to be a lot more here that we're going to really be able to sink our teeth into because after you release this, I mean, you guys are already working on the next thing and it's, you know, 11 songs done. That's incredible. There's one thing that did pop into my head though, when you were talking about it, Mike, though, was whatever publicist said that in interviews, you're saying stuff that's too controversial or too edgy in today's day and age, in today's social media day and age, people want to see stuff that's you know more authentic from people they want to see that kind of stuff so if you're it's like and if you're going to be like oh they're being too edgy you're being too controversial what do they want you to do they want you to be boring they want you to basically fit in like this like tv narrative fuck no this is the internet anything goes on the fucking internet i mean you know you asked they they asked me they're like you know like what why is the record delayed i was like we hired a shitty manager who fucked up everything and got a shitty agent and a shitty manager and he's like that's controversial. I'm like, that's the truth. You asked you asked me for a reply, and I gave you a fucking reply. It's not my fault you don't like the reply. Like, if you don't like what I'm saying, then you shouldn't work with us anymore. And and again, it's something where if you're telling the truth, I mean, what what's what's the harm in that? If it's the truth, that's gonna all of a sudden, oh, you know, they're gonna come back and look at you and look at this stuff. But what you're saying is the truth. What what are they going to come back with? The fact that you act, that you didn't lie is is that what they're going to come back with? Oh, it's like what Bull my Valentine said: the truth hurts, and I'm in pain. It's fucking true, though. You know, and I and I feel bad, Rob. What were you going to say? I, I cut off the unicorn, man. What's up? Were you going to say something? I cut you off. No, no, no. You were talking about how everything goes on the internet. Is you know very true. Here it's weird, it's a strange place. Very strange place. The air, the air is a you know, weird, and, and it, it's not my fault, Kevin, that, you know, we that I spill the tea about things like I'm not sitting here. I'm not bashing people. I'm not name dropping. Like, this is the honest fucking truth. People want to know what happened. It's like we're going to tell what happened, you know, like just because we don't work with someone on a business level or, or a professional level. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. It's just they're not the right fit for the band. Like, it's that simple. Like do your job and i know that's a hard thing to come by nowadays people doing their fucking job but that's the honest truth you know you're gonna work for us you gotta do your job like we do our job we learn the songs we write the songs you know like but we need people to help move the shit with us you know i can't sit there and be like oh no i don't want to promote it all right then then fuck you like we'll find someone who will promote it because i know there are people out there that do want to and one of the things to even add to that too is 
you're not, I wouldn't even necessarily say you're being controversial, especially if you're being honest. And you take a look at bands that have gone through stuff like that and have been open honest about some of the shit that they've dealt with. That when they do that, that just adds to the lore of the band. That adds to the whole entire story. It adds to the whole entire interest around them. Take a look at bands like Motley Crue. I mean, all the shit that they went through. I mean, they've made a whole freaking movie about it. Motley Crue's going to be back on the road again this year. Van Halen with the, everything between uh, David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar. Uh, I'm trying to think of some even like more, you know, contemporary ones. Uh, shit, I'll even throw in all the drama that happened with uh, Bad Wolves and Tommy Vex. Oh, my God. I mean, dude, the bad. The bad wolf's drama was out of control. Yeah, shit but, was but, wild. But the thing is, is you take a look at all this shit that happened with all of those bands, and they ended up growing from that. Like this, like especially I'll use bad wolves. They end up growing from that. I mean, right now when we're recording this, they're on tour with fucking Hollywood Undead and Papa Roach, and that tour is absolutely massive right now. Yeah, and I'm mean, like. We're literally running an ad with Doc Coyle from Bad Wolves within the coming weeks. So it's funny you bring up Bad Wolves, actually. Oh, the, I mean, the reason I brought up Bad Wolves because, like, one, it popped my head. Two, a band I just recorded with, they had worked on a song with Doc Coyle. And Doc has actually been on the podcast before as well. So that just kind of adds to the whole entire lore of everything where it's like, I mean, it just it's, it's something that sticks out to me because I remember talking to Doc about it. And we didn't even really go into the whole drama of everything because he didn't want to go into that much. We went into how they uh, picked DL as their lead singer. That was the whole crux of the podcast. And he's got a hell of a voice. I had no idea that he could sing that well, being in the case strain. I guess it just in my mind, it assumed it would just be something just very heavy. But that dude has a great range. Um, you know, and Bad Wolves is obviously they put out, I mean, I think the number is like almost like five consecutive number one hits at Active Rock Radio. Like, you can't fuck with that. Like, it, it doesn't matter what side you take with Team Tommy and Bad Wolves. Like, at the end of the day, like, the statistics are there. Like, five number ones is not a joke. Yeah, exactly. And what I mean, I still, ha- I'm still on the side of everything that happened between Tommy and Bad Wolves that helped, you know, gain more attention for the band, even as the band didn't really release anything or put anything out, you know, new material wise until late 2021 when DL was fully a member of the band and they kind of had settled everything with Tommy on that front or most for the most part, I should say. However, again, it kept the attention going. It kept the lore of the band going. And now the band has a whole entire new just history behind it, a whole entire new chapter behind it that people are still interested in. And it drives people to the band. Similarly, especially if you're going to be talking about what had happened to you guys, what had happened in Generation Underground with the team that you guys had around you. Yeah. Does the truth hurt? Yeah. Sometimes it really fucking hurts. Sometimes it's not nice. The truth is not always going to be sunshines and rainbows and unicorns that are, you know, pinky, pink hair and yellow hair with, you know, a spiral cone that or a spiral horn that looks like it's like a ice cream thing from my uh, ice cream truck as I'm looking at Rob's uh, unicorn right now, just trying to describe it. But it's something that is going to add so much more lore to the band. It's going to add so much more intrigue to it. And it adds so much more of the storytelling process to it that people can get invested in. Yeah, no, I agree. With you. I feel like the outfit you just named is going to be something that MGK is going to end up wearing about six months from now. The unicorn horn? <laughs> There'll be a, it'll be, it'll be all pink unicorn. Fucking Megan Fox will be cha- chained to a leash. There'll be some fucking nonsense. I, I saw they put out a, he put out a song today with, with Ollie from Bring Me the Horizon, and I'm just like, why, why, why is Ollie getting involved with this black hole? Why? Nobody likes him. Nobody does. 
what I've kind of, I mean, you guys, I kind of want to get your take on this as well, just kind of as this conversation evolves. But like when it comes to the whole entire MGK thing, it's do I really like the guy? I really don't like his music that much, especially like the pop punk stuff that he's doing as of late. I really just don't like his voice and how it, like there's no real emotion in his voice, especially the way that it works right now. But when it comes to especially when it when it comes to a lot of like, you know, younger generations actually starting to like get interested in the genre, I think it's a good, you know, tipping off point. But it's something where, you know, there's so much more substance to be had. It's especially for younger, use that as an introduction and go from there. Like, I mean, for for me personally, it's like when it comes to that pop punk style band that I absolutely love right now in that genre is Belmont. Like, go to that. Like, oh, that's got a lot of fucking substance there, especially after their new record. But when it comes to, like, all the collaborations with, like, I mean, he did one with uh, Will Smith's daughter. I was like, what what the hell? Okay. And all of a sudden doing one with Ali Sykes. I'm like, wow, this is uh, this is weird. But then again, it's Bring Me the Horizon. When it comes to Bring Me the Horizon, I just expect anything to happen from those guys now. Just because of the growth that they've had and the intelligence they have just to do whatever the fuck they feel like and just do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I feel like Burning the Horizon is one of those bands where, like, every move they make, every band follows suit, but they're always behind them, though. Like, I feel like A Day to Remember and Burning the Horizon are the two of those big bands that whatever they do, the scene kind of follows behind them. And, you know, obviously, Burning the Horizon is in their own lane at this point. I mean, this is, you know, they have the ability to write everything from a pop song to a deathcore song. They they are willing to push the boundaries of everything, which you got to respect whether you like them or not. You know, I like most of their material they put out. I really like the last record they put out. I thought it was a good mix of everything they've done over their catalog. It's not Sep Eternal. We're not going to get Sep Eternal 2. I don't even know if I want Sep Eternal 2 because you can't really beat that as a record for metalcore standards. Like, that's pristine metalcore right there. Yeah, so yeah, I have to agree with that, but it, it just kind of comes to the whole entire thing where with, with the MGK stuff too, it's one thing I've always looked at him is he's bringing a different, he's bringing more of that like pop and hip hop style mentality to a rock and metal scene where it kind of, what I looked at, it was like the pop and hip hop side of things, especially more popular culture. It's much more of an individualistic side of thing when it comes to rock and metal, especially around the band. It's more of like a fan family kind of thing. And when you bring in those, when you, when you clash with those two kind of mentalities, yeah, there's going to be a lot of friction. You saw it, especially with the MGK stuff going off on not wearing like the masks and the whole entire Slipknot thing and seeing all the Slipknot fans and all the rock and metal fans basically like go after MGK. I still make memes about that because I still think it's kind of funny. But it's like, I kind of also look at it too, I'm like, it could have been a very calculated move from MGK to get much more attention on what he is doing and on the music as well from fans that would just completely write him off, even though it was negative attention. But I mean, if that's the case, it kind of fucking worked. I mean, we're talking about him right now. That's the thing. It worked. Like, you know, as Manson would say, you know, any publicity is good publicity. Unless you're Manson nowadays, and then you're not <laughs> getting good publicity. Pre-2020 Manson, yeah, he drew good, he, drew, he did a good job of drawing attention. Nowadays, you know, that dude's got in, in a very fucking big hole that he dug himself. But, you know, look, I mean, it could be a calculated movie. He got someone like Travis Barker with him. He's got, you know, a lot of connections, you know. Like, I liked him a lot when he was a rapper. And I wanted to like him as, you know, a pop punker, but it just, to me, it just seems like it's just music that was made in 2005. He's just reinventing the wheel. He's not doing anything different. 
And this well, is sounds like some shit I would have heard on TRL if I was like six years old. And it's like, you're just taking the same thing and you're just reusing what already has been done. And everyone thinks it's new, but it's not really new. I, like the whole music scene, like popular music scene now, it's just, it's all recycled. It's all shit that's been done before. I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's it's different. Because, I mean, you have people like uh, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, who are, like, bringing back, like, the whole 70s disco thing with Silk Sonic. So, I mean, that, that was pretty good. I won't even lie. But, like, MGK coming back with the pop punk. Avril Lavigne even made a comeback. Wasn't great, but she's still there. She's still somehow relevant. Still there. I mean, you're correct on that. One thing I've been a little bit more of a a proponent on this year specifically is because I'm taking a look at a lot of the bands that are releasing new music as well. And there's a lot of bigger bands that are releasing new music. Like, I mean, or bigger bands that are getting to be bigger bands. Well, like Bad Omens released their new record, Death of Peace of Mind. And then taking a look at like, you know, coming up in April, May, June. I mean, trying to think like there's a bunch of other like larger bands, especially in the heavier side of things that have announced records that are coming out. However, as cool as like as excited as I am to hear those records, there have been so many records from so many bands that are smaller up and coming that I look at like if there are bands that are trying to push the needle on things like you should take a listen to some of these and see exactly kind of where this is going to take. And I've got a like I'm taking a look at the list I had of like bands of, like I'm absolutely loving their albums right now. It's a band called Invisions. They came out with a metalcore called Deadlock. And is it going to like is it reinventing metalcore? No, it's not. It's just such good quality fucking content that it just drives. It's heavy. And I really was a big fan of it. This band called Breathe Atlantis, they came out with an album on uh, March 18th called Overdrive. Holy shit, does that thing have range? I mean, f- I mean, shit, they, they actually open up on like heavier like topics and it just goes crazy. Wolves at the Gate did the same thing with their album Eulogies. Uh, Varsity, I mean, they've been fusing like post-hardcore, sometimes some metalcores up there with rhythm and blues. Like, Jesus freaking Christ. And that's actually like somewhat got a shit ton of substance behind there. Uh, this band called If Not For Me from Pennsylvania, it's like emo metalcore. Like, they're really bringing a little bit more to that style. And then I mentioned Belmont as well with their album Aftermath. I mean, they made a country fucking pop punk song. Is it my favorite song on the album? No. Do I absolutely respect the hell out of what they did and how they pulled it off? Fuck yeah. It's like there are so many bands that are coming up now that they're not necessarily reinventing the wheel, but they're bringing something new to the table that you're going to want to listen to. Even you guys, after listening to this, you know, the stuff that you've got coming out, you know, for the new or the second half of Cold Blooded. There is a lot of new stuff there that's, you know, you're not necessarily reinventing the wheel, but you're bringing something to the genre that the genre hasn't seen yet. Yeah, I mean, look at someone like Wage War, like what they did with Manic, the song. Like, I remember just listening to the first time, and I remember, um, I think it was Finn McKenty from the punk rock NBA. I was like, it's like Post Malone core. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is different. I'm like, I've not heard anyone do this, but I really fucking like this. This is different. And, like, you could say whatever you want about someone like, you know, like, I'll use, like, Little Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus with Old Town Road from a couple years ago. You could say whatever you want about the fucking song, but it was different. Like, it was totally different. Like, no one's mixed, you know, rap in country before, ever. Like, it just it just never was. a. And then it fucking, it blew up. And people were like, oh, you know, well, and I'm like, it's different. Like, sometimes people want to hear something a little bit different and take a chance with something. You know, that's like, I respect people. Like, you know, like, I may not like a band's new record, but you got to respect at least the effort of them trying to, you know, do something different. 
Yeah, I think that's a huge thing that needs to be understood, especially in music right now, is where, yeah, it's there's going to be stuff that you don't like, but if people are going to try something different, it's like, it's like for me, it's like Amo, Bring Me the Horizon's Amo. That was something completely different for the band. Was I a big fan of that record? No. I really think, I really didn't care for that record. Do I respect what they tried to do on that record? Yeah, because then all of a sudden you saw how they kind of, you know, molded that style into some things that they did on Post Human Survival Horn uh, Volume 1. And that EP was so fucking good. It was just like, okay, now I see where this is coming from. And then just seeing how that all evolves in there. Uh, Bad Omens, like they did something completely different on Death of Peace of Mind compared to what they had originally done. It's like, well, this is different, but it does the, it has that exact same, for me, it's, I'm, it's not my fair down by them, but I have a lot of respect for what they did because it allows so much more and so many people from like an alternative rock scene to really start to get to the heavier side of things. Like there's so much stuff in there that people have been trying to do that you don't necessarily have to be the biggest fans of, but you can absolutely respect what they're like, what's happening, what's being done there and seeing the potential that it has to really impact you know, any rock or metal scene for the positive. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a good band does a lot when it comes to, like, playing into different, like, subgenres and just, like, I guess what's trending is Papa Roach. Like, Papa Roach is a great job of, like, blending in the TikTok crowd, Instagram reels, you know, Jarris Johnson, um, the dude from Fever. Like, you know, if you listen to those four Papa Roach singles, they don't sound anything like they're all Every song is unique in its own way, but I like that. It's different, though. It doesn't, like, it sounds like Papa Roach. But it's completely different of Papa Roche. And I'm just like, I like this. This is different. Yeah, even for myself, like I wasn't the biggest fan of those songs that Papa Roche put together. But I mean, take a look at what Papa Roche has done over the course of their career. This is like their, it's like they're on their third career because they had, you know, Infest and they came out and all of a sudden like that was just like the original Papa Roche with, you know, like between Angels and Demons and of course Last Resort going through and all of a sudden, you know, I, I mean, it could be the fourth iteration because kind of with the Paramore sessions, they kind of changed their sound up a little bit and brought a whole not entire new feel to the mix. Then kind of got a little bit stale. All of a sudden they came out with Face Everything and Rise and that just took off and gave the band a whole new life. And now what they're doing, like what you said, Mike, with TikTok, the Instagram real stuff, Jarris Johnson, uh, Jason L. Butler from Fever 3-3, what they're putting together there, it doesn't necessarily have to be the stuff that you like from the band particularly, but you have to respect the move that they're making and the connection that they're making with the different uh, crowds of people, especially that are coming up and really being going to be the next generation of like rock and metal fans. Because, I mean, we're here right now, but, you know, people that are, you know, 12, 13 years old, they're going to be in our position, you know, in 12, 13 years. They're going to be the ones that are going to be, you know, making music, spending the money, all that kind of stuff. So, why not connect with them on that front? And all of a sudden now they can go back to your back catalog. And all of a sudden they realize all of a sudden, holy shit, last resort is a great fucking song. And they might get inspired off of that. And all of a sudden they might, you know, start a band and create new metal with a, with a little bit of a twist on it. That might be the next big thing. You never know, but you give it that opportunity there. If you're going to be smart about it and actually, you know, not I wouldn't necessarily say create stuff specifically for that, but create stuff potentially with that in mind while keeping your core sound and what makes you, you and what makes you special in the basically in the core of the song yeah i mean like i honestly think pop roach might be like the second biggest they've ever been ever currently like probably except when last sort really came out but like they're everywhere pop roach, so you can't really hide from them like you know anywhere really at the rock or metal they're they're in the conversation they've done a good job of staying you know relevant i, I guess is a better way of putting it but like they're in the conversation with everybody they really are 
It's like I want to bring Rob and Rafa in this. What do you guys think about this whole entire thing with like Pop Roach and like, you know, really kind of connecting with, you know, something more in of a newer crowd, of a younger crowd as well, saying more relevant. And also how does this affect kind of like what you're seeing within rock and metal today? So personally, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm not the biggest Pop Roach fan. So I can't really contribute to the whole Papa Roach thing. But the new scene of metal, uh, I think it's going to, it's really just like the whole TikTok scene, bringing TikTok into everything. Everybody has a chance in a way because there's just random people, you know, and they can just come in and they can do their shit and they can make it popular if they just put the time into it, just making some videos on TikTok. And personally, at first, I wasn't the biggest, like, that's cheating. But it's not really cheating, you know. I think it, it adds a lot more freedom into the stuff we're going to be hearing in, like you said, like 10 years with everyone that's 12 or 13 now. So it's just like the evolution of everything. It's really just going to keep shooting up. I think that does make a lot of sense because – Again, it just it allows for so much new creativity and so many new different things that could happen. Because shit, I even saw like with the tour that they're on right now with the band Blind Channel from Finland because they're out with from Ash, New and Fire from the Gods right now. Those along guys with are cool Blind Channel, they're cool, dude. Oh, oh god, yeah, I saw them twice on that tour when they came through Wisconsin. I've had I have them on the podcast right before the tour came on, so it was a shit ton of fun to have them on. But like one thing I saw in them was like they created a whole TikTok. It was just like that actually got a lot of like attention, even on Instagram as well. Instagram real shut. It was basically like what a Finnish rock band is like on the road. And all of a sudden, it's like they basically had had one of the guys like walk into the tour bus, you know, with with the camera rolling, and it was like, oh, we're out of beer. Oh, you know, someone's sleeping and they're smelling their sleep all of a sudden. And the last thing they do is they open up the bathroom door and they're like, some random influencer from Michigan is here. That was it. I'm like, that's actually kind of fucking funny because all of a sudden you're showing all these crazy things. Oh, yeah, you know, you're out of beer. All of a sudden someone, you know, is smelling up the joint. You open up the bathroom door and there's some random person in there. Who the fuck knows how he got there? But it just, it creates this whole entire just like, now it's a comedy around it, but it creates this whole entire just like attraction around it. It's like, oh, I that thing's kind of cool, you know, just kind of bring it in there and it brings more people into the music as well. And especially the stuff that they do, I mean, hell. It's so much fun to listen to that stuff. It's so much fun to see that stuff live, see what they could potentially do on TikTok, grow it that way, and then see where other kids could really come in and really start to build up on that sound. More of that, like, you know, rap, rock, pop, kind of, as they call it, violent pop sound. Holy shit, we could end up seeing a bunch more bands that are inspired by bands like, you know, use Linkin Park, Hollywood Undead, uh, from Ash the New, Blind Channel throw you guys in there because you kind of have a little bit of that, but with a heavier sound as well. There's just so much more that could easily happen with that, especially as you use what the, what social media is going on with to your advantage. If you don't adapt, adapt with the times, like you're just going to get left behind. Like, you know, that's why I feel like a bit thing with Rob Flint from machine head is that like, they're very been based on like singles in the sense of like, you know, like we could put out stuff more frequently and people, you know, whether people want to admit it, like and, and for me as an artist and also as a listener of music, I would rather if someone's going to put out a record, I would rather get the song spread out over a few months because I feel like you kind of take in the music more. Yes, I like to get a whole record, but I also like to know the songs. It's like you give me 12 songs, like the chance of me knowing all the songs are so fucking slim. 
There's only two albums that came out last year. I actually sat there. I know all the songs too. There's Wage War's new album, which was great. And the fucking Ice Nine Kills album, which was just, oh my God, was amazing. So like, unless you're in that category, like I, I think the move is to go with singles and EPs. But you can always do like the, non I know I heard non-point somehow they're going to do like four, they're going to do three, four song EPs and they're going to put all the other one record. And I'm just like, that's fucking genius. It's genius. You're getting the best of both worlds. Yeah, that, they're kind of like that multiple EPs put in a record. I mean, Of Mice and Men did that in 2021. It's something it's, but yeah, but it's somewhere it's, I totally understand where you're coming from as well. And it's based off of, you know, how people are consuming music. It's yeah. There's people that, you know, people that love like the legacy album kind of thing, like myself. I mean, when I take a look at, think about, you know, the albums that I listened to in 2021, where I would know every single song. I mean, I went through a bunch of these in depth. So there's some that stand out more to me than others. I mean, Einstein kills of course is one of them. I'm, I'm always, I'm a huge rise against fan. So of course, rise against is a new record that came out in 2020. I'm going to know every single song off of that one. Uh, Beartooth new one. I'm going to know every single song off of, but there's not as many as there could be. But what you're bringing up with kind of the idea behind the EPs and singles, it gives people, especially in today's age, it gives that, release a lot more lifespan it gives it more time for people to really digest and really get behind as well and not have to pick and choose between one or two because of how many options are out there and because of potentially how short attention spans are a great example of this and i'm bringing this up all the time now memphis may fire take a look at what they did in 2021 because they released blood and water as a single in june of 2021 then they announced their new album that's coming out i believe in june or in, yeah i think it's in june they announced that new album in, fuck, when was it? They announced it and like, it was going to come out like in February. And they had released seven singles up to that point. I knew all seven singles already. I know there's going to be like only like, six other songs on the album, but I already know all seven of those singles. I feel like I know already have half the album. And then when the new one comes out, when it fully comes out, it's like, yeah, I've already heard those, but I still get a collection of some songs to really sink my teeth into that I am not necessarily sure about. And all the rest I freaking love already. So I'm already like ingrained in this album and the attention's already there and the attention will be there for long past a year for this whole entire album. I feel like bands need to do a better job picking singles sometimes because there's definitely some records that I'm like, like when I first heard the new Ice Line Kills, I, was, I heard, um, was it Hip to Be Scared with Jacoby from Papa Roach and then it was um, Rainy Day and then it was um, Salt and Batters. And I was like, all right, like it's decent. And then I heard Funeral Derangements and I went, <laughs> what the actual yeah. fuck? And I watched the video and I made my dad watch me. He goes, this is the best video I've ever seen ever. He goes, this is unbelievable. And I was like, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Like of how fucking good this is. Like, holy shit. More bands need to go that route. Like every time my sign kills without a, re a not record, well, technically a record with a video I'm watching because I'm just, I'm immediately enticed immediately want to see what this is about. Oh yeah, I would agree because even like when Hip to Be Scared came out, like I watched the video for that because I just wanted to see like the like how they're gonna put the whole entire American Psycho thing in there. I wasn't the biggest fan of the song until all of a sudden I heard the Huey Lewis and the New Style Bridge. I'm just like, what the actual fuck? Now this is fucking hysterical, but like it made so much sense for the song. Assault and Battery is like I listened to it and I'm like, okay. Then I watched the video. I'm like, now this is fucking wacky awesome. But even with the singles as well, I mean. Like, Funeral Derangements, I remember listening to that literally before I went to my one of my best friend's weddings. That was the first time I listened to it. I'm just like, and I watched it, I'm just like, <laughs> they went heavy again. 
and this is fucking great. Then the following week, the album came out, and the titular song, Welcome to Horrorwood, and then Worst Vacation, in my opinion, I'm like, those could have been singles, and those could have hit so much better than some of these other ones, because honestly, I, I still listen to this titular song, Welcome to Horrorwood, like every fucking day now, it's just that good. But uh, Rob and Roth, I kind of want to get your opinion on this as well, when it comes to, you know, bands releasing singles and like you know maybe ep as well how do you guys feel about this what's your kind of take on this what's your opinion on this and where do you think it's a good thing for the music scene going forward or absolutely a good thing absolutely um i like you said with the whole attention span with everybody that's listening now if there's bands i listen to i'm a big prog rock guy bands put out albums that are like you know hour and 45 minutes long and it's just like nobody's gonna do that no singles they get you enticed or anything but like releasing singles i think boosts the chances of you like when you finally drop that big product that album however long it may be it's like you got people that are ready they want to listen to it it's 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 a no-brainer honestly no brainer. I, I do agree with that. Raf, what about you, man? Uh, yeah, I think it's cool because uh, it gives bands like a chance to experiment, but uh, without like completely like making a whole record on one sound, which might not be like what fans want. So yeah, I guess that's my answer. Gotcha. I think I just thought of a good analogy for it as well. It's like think about a uh, think about a bar, okay. And if you're going to, you've got, you know, a bunch of different beers on tap and it's like, it's like a single, it's like, you're able to try one and you just have to go for, you're only paying for that one. Now, if I, you know, if I was trying to find a beer, I'll go to the liquor store. It's like buying an album. It's like, I might have to buy a whole, you know, 12 pack or a whole case of this stuff just to try it, just to try it out. And if I really like it, you know, Hey, jackpot, I got like 23 more beers left, but if I don't like it, then I guess I'll have to stick with 23 more of these before I can go to the next thing. It's like, you know, if you're releasing singles, it's like, you know, getting one beer at the bar, you know, on tap. If you really like it, holy shit, you can go back to that again and keep drinking it. But if you don't like it, oh, no big deal. You can order something next time. It's the commitment to really, the commitment for that longevity doesn't necessarily have to be there anymore. On top of that, like I said, it does allow for bands to really experiment and try different things because what happens if they experiment on a whole entire album and it doesn't necessarily resonate, it doesn't feel right with them and it doesn't hit. That's a whole album's worth right there. But if it's one song, that's not that bad. Agreed. You know, we did that. Sorry, I'm so fucking hungry. <laughs> um, um, and we did that. What people don't know, Kevin, is, you know, that's the last thing. Like, we, like I, Rap was sitting with me in the studio. We were working with stuff. We worked with Chris Penny, who was in Dillinger. It was in Coheed. You know, like, We've been working on new stuff now for, in June this year, it'll be two years since we started working on stuff. Like, every song is almost contrary to what we've been saying. Like, every song is its own song. It's like, okay, how do we make this song the best song? It's like, yeah, it's going to be on a record, but it's like, we need to focus on one song at a time, make this song the best song it could possibly be and not be, how does it fit in the record? Where's the shine? It's just, get the song done and we'll figure out that at the next stage. And I feel like, you know, I think a big thing when it comes to everything we've just been talking about is like to not force it and to kind of let it just kind of just be because 
people really don't know, we wrote another album, but it was so bad. We had to scrap it. It was that bad. Like we wrote it after we wrote this record, like cold, after we wrote cold blood we kept writing Kevin. And when they tell you like forcing music is not a good idea. It really is not a good idea. Cause you're just like, ah, yeah, that fucking, yeah, that works. That works. And just like, and after a while it's like, this does not work. And I remember we sat there and we're just like, yeah, this album sucks. So we literally took like, maybe 3% of the music and ended up reworking it for the new record and pretty much started everything from scratch. And the moral of the story is taking the time to focus on each individual song makes the listener at home go, okay, they really pumped in their effort and their A game into this song. So I'm going to go watch the video. I'm going to go stream the song. And when the record comes out, yes, I'm going to go add this to my fucking Spotify playlist because I already know five of the songs on the 10 song record but now I want to hear it all together and I keep listening more and more and more and more. Well, shit. I mean, that's definitely the way to go about it, especially if, you know, you're, I've been a big proponent of, you know, letting music happen naturally, not forcing anything. Because the more you force something, the more you just like are trying to make something happen. It's not going to happen. It's you got to let it happen. Actually, you got to let the inspiration happen. Actually, you got to let the song basically kind of write itself and not try and force things on there and just do that kind of, oh, yeah, this works. Oh, yeah, this works. You're not going to want to do that. But one thing that you did say that kind of stuck in my mind was just when you take the time to really put something together, you really take the time to let the song become its own thing, really let the quality speak for itself. That's when you get those songs where all of a sudden they get released and people can really tell the qualities behind it. If you can tell the impact that they have, the emotion that they have, and how you, it really comes from, you know, your heart, from your soul, and really comes together. A great example of that, honestly, and I'm going to put this up. Great example of that, take a look at Falling in Reverse. The last two new songs that they released with Popular Monster and Zombified, I mean, they came out more than two years apart from each other. But the quality behind those songs was so fucking good. I'm just like, if those are the two songs I got over the course of that those years, fuck it, it was worth it. I feel like, you know, it's funny you bring up Ronnie. Ronnie was one of the people I was forgetting to mention before when it comes to, like, adapting with the times. He's definitely one of those big people. Him... Rob Flynn, Papa Roach, Bring Me the Horizon. I guess you put like a day to remember them, but there's, we need more bands to adapt with the time. I'm not going to sit here and say I like fucking TikTok, Kevin. I honestly really <laughs> don't, but I have to understand there's a major audience out there that's untapped, that's not limited by a fucking reach like Instagram and Facebook is. And if you hit those nine or 10 year olds, you're going to hit their friends and then they're going to tell their parents, they're going to tell their aunt, they're gonna, and then they're the people that are going to be here in 10 years moving the needle for the next wave of people under them. And we're going to be fucking, you know, zombified as, you know, Roddy Racky would say. Like, man, it does, that does make sense because even for the podcast as well, I was trying to do a whole entire new thing with Mark and I was working with this uh, company called Britain Media. And one thing they kind of brought up to me was, was, you know, really utilize TikTok more. And even for me, I'm like, dude, I don't give a shit about TikTok. Like, it's not my thing. Like, I can't stand the content. It's just not my thing. He's like, dude, that doesn't fucking matter. I'm like, you're fucking right, man. It's like, it doesn't fucking matter what I think matters is, you know, how am I going to reach this audience? So I started just chopping up like four different spots from the podcast, whether it's something that's, you know, interesting, funny, whatever it might be to really connect with people in a certain way. 
and put it on TikTok and just see what happens. The, like the first one I did with that, except brought Blind Channel. First one I did was you know Blind Channel finding out that Mike Shinoda you know listened to uh, Dark Side by Blind Channel. It's just to see what happened. They're like, we don't care. He he said it doesn't sound anything really anything like Lincoln Park. He's like, I don't know if that's like you know a compliment or a diss. He's like, I didn't give a shit. Mike Shinoda listened to our fucking song. That's what matters. And I'm like, and that TikTok actually kind of was getting a lot of traction for one point. I'm like, oh shit, okay, so. I have to roll with that. It's like you uh, adapting with the times is such an important thing because it's going to keep you relevant. So when you guys are, you know, you know, coming out after cold blooded and coming out with the new record as well, following that, that you're working on, what's the strategy going to be like for you guys to continue to adapt with the times as well and be able to reach the audience that you want to reach with your music, with your sound, with your style. I mean, it's definitely consistent content. I mean, we have so much content when it comes to, you know, how you know us writing the song like i'm always filming you know us writing the song us tracking the song guitar lessons drum lessons the music videos behind the scenes of the music videos like i feel like coming from someone as a music listener who likes more content if we if, we, if i look at it from the audience perspective we keep creating more content we're going to keep them enticed longer and longer. And I understand it may not be the most interesting thing in the world, every single thing you do, but it's trial and error. You're going to, you're going to learn what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, like, I know, like we've been teasing the song coming out all week and the, the views have been going up and I was like, people are definitely excited for this. And, you know, little does anyone really know, but the song has been on YouTube since 2020. I signed up Fred Durst for this one, but if you really knew where to look for it, you could actually listen to the song like a year and a half ago. I just had it hidden on our YouTube page under music videos. So if you knew that you've already heard the song or by saying the link, but if you haven't, like you fucked up last year and a half, but you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we have a, a, this whole plan. Like we're going to do a deluxe edition of the record as well in May. It's going to be the record as a whole, like it's supposed to be, it's going to be volume one and volume two together. It's going to have some, alternative version is going to have some cover songs in there so the cover songs will be not what you think they're completely different than anything you've ever heard us do i'm gonna leave it at that yeah please leave it at that because I, even though i want to ask you what they are i want to know what they are i want to keep that intrigue going i want to keep people guessing what the hell is generation Underground going to be doing with these cover songs like what the fuck is actually going to happen because you never know sometimes you come out with sometimes bands come out with cover songs that you never would expect them to and they become absolute massive hits. I mean, take a look at Disturb with the Sound of Silence. You ever think Disturb would have covered the fucking Sound of Silence and then it turned out like that? Yeah, they meant all the bands that fucking live off covers. Orgy, Alien Ant Farm. Um, fuck, damn, there's another band I'm missing. I had like, a, you know, you're not even a hit. You're a one cover wonder <laughs> at that rate. I think Alien Ant Farm might be like the prime example of it for... Like anyone that was any millennial, <laughs> that might be the best way to put it. And their first record's pretty good. Like I can't even sit here and like deny it. Like they got some good songs on that record, but it's like it wasn't sustained because it was like, yeah. Then it kind of was like, oh well, a couple good songs, and that was like really it. That's the problem with a lot of those bands that came out back that they had like a hit or something, and then they just disappeared. And it's like, yeah, everyone kind of moved on with their life. Yeah, but on top of that, I mean, when it comes to your idea around the content as well, that's an incredibly smart move once again, just because it, and not everything's going to be the most interesting thing in the world. But when you understand, especially when it comes to the attention, when it comes to where people are looking, what people want, and how people interact with different content, specifically when it comes to TikTok, 
and like those sh- and the short form videos like Instagram reels, YouTube shorts, it's people are liking that just because there's not much commitment to have to make to watch one of those videos. I mean, hell, right. like if you upload a YouTube short from your phone, <laughs> it's, you only get 15 seconds. If you do it from your computer, you get 60. So I always do it from my fucking computer because I kind of want them more time. But I mean, a minute, a minute of time is not that much commitment. I mean, people watch this stuff while laying in bed, laying on the couch, shitting on the toilet, wh- anywhere really. And it's not a commitment where you have to watch like, you know, potentially like a, you know, a 15 minute video in that aspect. You know, there's times when people do want to watch stuff like that. But when it comes to understanding where the attention primarily is right now, you've got to be able to understand where that is and attack that right when you need to. You got to be able to, you know, adapt to that because the world's not going to adapt to you. You have to adapt to the world. It's a good way of looking at it. honestly because it's i mean take a look at uh i'm trying to think of a good another good example take a look at hair all the hair metal bands from the 1980s when the when the 90s came around and all of a sudden grunge music started to become a thing hair metal was like it was like okay now this is you know oh this is not any this is not what we want you know screw this kind of shit and what did hair metal bands do i mean they kind of just rested on their laurels and no real hair no hair metal band really kind of survived through that I can't, I mean, maybe one or two kind of pushed through that, but really outside of that, I mean, no one really did. No one really continued on after 1990. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of like traditional, like heavy music. You got like, you know, you had like 70s classic rock, and then you had 80s thrash, and then 80s died into, well, 80, and then you had hair metal. They were both killed by grunge. Grunge was around. New metal killed grunge. Metalcore killed new metal. Then we had like, hot topic emo core for a couple years <laughs> yeah. and now we have like new metal core now we have now we have like mixing genres together we got emo rap we got new metal core we got new death core new hardcore everything seems to have the nu in front of it like we should just be called new underground at this point because it seems like it's where the fucking trend is going people seem to as much as people seem to hate on new metal it's always like, oh, the fucking, like the aesthetic, I feel like it's one of those things that's aged like fine wine where people are like finally like giving it the same respect that like grunge got in the early 90s. And I feel like same with like, you know, like 2004, like Trust Kill Metal Corp. Like that's finally getting its fair shakes. I feel like people are finally stopped. They're they're not being as so like stubborn about it. Well, oh, you know, I, yeah, I don't like Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit is playing Madison Square Garden in 2022. I don't know how it's possible. I, I honestly don't know. But here we are. People don't hate Limp Bizkit. Fred Durst is in a fucking, he's in an insurance commercial. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> that commercial was fucking hysterical, too. But it maybe it makes it makes sense, too. It's especially with the new metal stuff as well. I mean, fuck. When Blimp Biscuit, you know, started playing live shows again, all of a sudden, I remember seeing him at Rockfest in 2021, and the place, like, they had a couple other headliners there that whole entire weekend, like, Korn was there as a headliner one night, Rob Zombie was there as a headliner one night, and honestly, people showed up for Limp Biscuit more than anybody else because it's Limp fucking Biscuit. Like, why the fuck wouldn't you show up for that? And, you know, when New Metal kind of was like, you know, in the a thing, you know, in the early 2000s, yeah, it didn't get the respect that, it, you know, probably deserved. And then, you know, kind of like 2006, 2007, 2008 rolled around. And all of a sudden it was like New Metal was like the, uh, 
it, it was just, it was like, you know, oh man, like, don't want that, ew, don't touch me kind of thing. And all of a sudden people absolutely love it. It's just, I don't know if it's like a nostalgia thing coming back, but, or if it's actually people that are, you know, giving it its proper due, which I think it mostly is people giving it its proper due. But again, I think it's something where new metal kind of had this thing about it where it was so ahead of its time and now you're seeing so many other genres you know take ideas from new metal and putting it into their stuff so we get new metalcore new deathcore new hardcore new poster right anything around there it's now kind of you know i think maybe caught up with the times in a way where it was so far ahead of its time where all of a sudden 20 years later now people are really finally understanding it grasping the concept of it it's like this was actually freaking awesome yeah, I think like you know, like I noticed in the last few years, like when like what like Little Peep and XXX Tentacion were onto and Juice World with the whole like mixing depressing music and like with rap. And I remember sitting there and thinking about it. I'm like, this really is like the new age of pop punk stuff. It just has AO8s. It doesn't have you know guitars behind it. And then I feel like someone like MGK was the one who kind of really pushed it over the mountain, and they finally kind of like turned into oh yeah we can blend multiple genres together and we can get a good result and it's not my favorite thing in the world but it seems like it's doing well and you know i get to hear me about it but like you know like it's doing well and like i feel like you know like new metal was like the first thing ever to really blend different subgenres of music together and i feel like nowadays the benefit as you get so many different styles of music because people are not afraid to try to mix things together absolutely i think a good thing about the whole entire mgk thing too is like even though you know we might not necessarily like his style like like his music or anything like that but it's kind of like the impact of what he's doing in terms of kind of you know a whole entire new generation getting into some kind of rock and metal what whatever subgenres and whatever kind of categories they want to get into it's pushing them to that so you got to kind of respect the fact that people are being pushed more or people are being influenced to check out more of this music than they would have been had this not have happened. Yeah. Well, it's a perfect way of looking at it. You know, like, you know, I don't care if it's MGK or it's, you know, System of a Down or Motor Grader or whatever band, you know, like the fact that if anyone's getting more people into rock music, I think that's a win. Like, you know, like, Everyone's complaining because Travis Barker has a new reality show according to Kardashian. You know what? It's good. That's fucking more publicity for rock music. Like, oh, yeah, it, it, it may be stupid. It may be cringy. I'm not denying that. It's like, you know, MGK's outfits. He goes out with Megan Fox and, you know, and the wedding ring that doesn't come off her finger and this and that. Like, but it's attention. And he may not be the best singer or guitar player, but once again, it's attention to rock music. And I feel like rock music does not embrace the popular side of things and just is like, oh, well, we don't want reality TV shows. It's like, I, I just finished watching a show a few days ago, Kevin. It was called um, Supergroup. And it was, this is the weirdest band ever. Sebastian Bach, Ted Nugent, Evan Seinfeld of Biohazard, Scott Ian, and Jason Bonham were all in a band together. And they had 12 days to play a show. It was the weirdest thing ever. It's from like 2006. We would never get that nowadays. We would never get that. But I'm watching and I'm like, this would be a good thing for right now. Like this would do very well. Absolutely. And I mean, I didn't even know there was a uh, reality show coming out with Travis Barker and Courtney Kardashian, even though I probably should have assumed that that was the case. But take a, I mean, here's another thing to think about with that. And I want to get Rob and Rob's take on this as well. When it comes down to that aspect specifically, 
a lot of people that are going to be watching the Kardashians are probably not people that are really that are listening to rock or metal at all. They might have listened to it at one point in life, but they're probably not listening to it right now. But then all of a sudden, you know, they're going to look at Travis Barker. There's going to be more influence in there with things like with MGK, with bands that he's working with. There's going to be talks about that on the show and references to Blink-182. Those people that are watching that probably end up knowing something of Blink-182. So they might go check out what Travis Barker is doing. They're going to check out, you know, some of the stuff that he's going to end up doing. And all of a sudden, now you're going to check out some of the music that not only he has made with Blink, but also some of the music that he's making now with a bunch of these other artists. And you're going to see it has more of this pop punk flavor to it. But that's going to open up so much more possibility for people that don't really listen to the genre right now to listen to it, be exposed to it, potentially get into it. So, Rob, what do you think about, you know, the whole entire thing on that aspect? Do you think it helps with the growth of rock and metal? Do you think it's going to be a big thing to help, you know, continue to grow it, even, you know, help Generation Underground grow as well? Or, I mean, how do you think of that? So, I mean, like the whole reality TV show aspect of it with Travis Barker, I mean, it'll definitely get the publicity out. As you said, all publicity is good publicity. Unless you're Manson. Yeah, your <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it could definitely it could definitely help boost the amount of attention that like the rock and metal scene could see. Who knows? Five years from now, it's ten years. It's all about metal. Who knows? But I mean, as of right now, it definitely could start boosting the relative the. The word I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, it makes it more relevant, you know, way more relevant. I'd say relevancy is kind of a good thing. I mean, take a look at everything that's going out that when we were young fest. I mean, they came out with a line. Oh, yeah. It was going to be a one day thing, and it turned into a three day thing. All and it's yeah. and it's all bands that you know were most most bands that were popular in the early to mid two thousands. But I mean, shit, you still got like Moses White and Einstein kills on that. And I mean, their their popularity is is peaking right now. So well, just, even knock, even knock loose was on that tour. Yeah, knock, yeah, yeah. So knock loose was on there. I was like, what the? What are you doing on there? <laughs> but I mean, hey man, if you're yeah. relevant at the times. Fuck it. Yeah, and even Bring Me the Horizon, who would have been somewhat relevant, you know, around that time, but all of a sudden is much more relevant today than they ever have been. Yeah, and they're headline. They're he- probably headlining one of the dates. I. I think if I was they correct, I think if I was correct, I was uh, MCR was doing was like I mean they're all playing on the on those days, but I think MCR was headlining one day, Paramore was headlining one day, and then the third one, the third one, they might have given that one to bring me the horizon. It would it would make sense for them to give like a bring me the horizon a whole hour set, especially with how much they can go in that freaking catalog from the stuff they're working on now. It's all of a sudden going into stuff from that's the spirit going into separate eternal and potentially pulling out maybe something from Suicide Seasons. I mean, they did a song. <laughs> then they they just did the whole uh, the music video awards, the British awards, and they featured Ed Sheeran, or they were featured on Ed Sheeran's song. I, I think that, like, honestly, I listened to that. I was just like, honestly, dude, this is sick. I, I personally love that, but it goes along with the whole thing. It's just like everything now is just like testing the boundaries of what can we fucking do and if we can do it fuck it why not do it there's nothing that's gonna stop us from doing it now yeah even like when that whole entire uh bring the rise and ed sheeran thing came out like i looked at him like 
Is it for me? For my for my taste? No, it's not really for me. Am I going to bash on this? I'm like, fuck no. I'm taking a look at how much attention is being brought to it, especially all of a sudden as people listen to it towards the end, you hear the your Ali scream at the end. I'm just like, that's where that's what I'm talking about. Because, it again, it brings it, – it's a bridge for so many people to get into Bring Me the Horizon from Ali's voice. And all of a sudden, you know, people that like Ed Sheeran, they're going to check out what Bring Me the Horizon has. They might start out with Amo and like a shit ton of it and all of a sudden move into Post-Human Survival Horror, move over to That's the Spirit, and it's going to bring it progressively heavier as you go along. But you're being introduced to that as time goes on, and you're all introduced to that because – I mean, they, they they did a song with Ed Sheeran that is much more of an Ed Sheeran-style thing, but they put a little bit of their flavor in there, and it's intriguing enough for people that are big fans of Ed Sheeran that have no idea who Bring Me the Horizon is to check out their stuff. So, you know, I, I want to go to Rafa on this one. What do you think that whole entire, like, collaboration stuff as well? And, like, what do you think about all of this, you know, potential for, you know, these reality shows and how they're going to potentially affect the scene of rock and metal? Um, I think it probably would help. I mean, I personally don't watch like reality shows and like the only time I would probably see myself watching would be like in a waiting room, like at a hospital or whatever. So I guess whoever would be waiting, they see, oh, who's that? Travis Barker seems like a cool drummer. And then they probably like check them out, you know, so like, I don't know. I mean, it kind of just adds kind of like to even kind of what we said too from that where it just adds the whole entire, it adds the adds to exposure, adds potential for the music to get into ears and get into the minds and get into the attention of people that it might not get into normally. Yeah. I think that's like the number one like point we're trying to make here. The four of us is like, it doesn't matter who does it, but if it gets from someone new, it's we're doing the right. We're, 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 we're succeeding. Like, dude, look at fucking, um, and Kyle from Brand of Sacrifice to have that clothing line. I I didn't know until like a week ago that that was his clothing line. I just ordered the White Chapel hoodie. I'm like, you know, they're talking about doing stuff with like rappers and pop stars and this and that. And I'm like, that's pretty crazy that fucking, you know, I got Kyle from Brand of Sacrifice in, was it, the, was it Rolling Stone or was it fucking, they were in some major publication talking about, it was like, it was either Rolling Stone or like I'm gonna say like New York Times, but it was like it was like one of those things. Like really, like they're actually meant like brand of sacrifice is mentioned in like this big of an article. Like that's pretty crazy. That is nuts, especially for the fact that like you know I've seen brand of sacrifice. Like I saw them on my 27th birthday, and that's brand of sacrifice is a little bit heavier than I would normally prefer. But I mean, it was still fun as all fuck to go to that. But and then seeing all of a sudden, you know, again the clothing line thing with him, and then. Seeing that Brand of Sacrifice is probably going to end up doing a collaboration on the next We Came as Romans album. I'm just like, motherfucker, this is fucking awesome. But it just adds so much more to the experience. Even for me with, you know, I'm not as in, you know, the deathcore side of things, but I'm slowly starting to get a little more acclimated with it. It's like stuff like this just, again, even for myself who is likes the heavier stuff but doesn't like to go that heavy at times, it gives even me more of an incentive to go check this stuff out and gives more exposure to it for mm-hmm. myself. And with a clothing line like that, all of a sudden, you know, you're going to talk about brand of sacrifice in freaking rather Rolling Stone or the New York times. Come on. I was wrong. It was Forbes. Just to, you know, <laughs> okay. Okay. Correction. <laughs> same, same, same idea. Yeah. In for, I mean, still Forbes is a gigantic, you know, publication. You know, it's funny you bring up publications. So our new publicist, Kevin, we were, t- we were, you know, we were on the phone the one day and she's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, so what do you have access to? She goes, um, and she says it's like so nonchalant. She goes, well, 
like 12,000 newspapers, magazines, articles in the country. And I can just sit there. I'm like, uh, and I was like, so, and she goes, yeah, you know, like Metal Hammer, Revolver, Kerrang, New York Times, Dallas Morning, Daily News, LA Times, and Miami Herald. I'm just like, she's like, if they cover music, they're going to hear about you guys. And I'm like, she goes, what are they writing about? You're not different stories. She goes, but they're going to hear about you. And I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, well, uh, and she goes, what? And I was like, she goes, you have any more questions? Like, you're hired. She goes, I'm like, you're hired, but not like you're hired. Like, <laughs> they being put in front of 12,000 people like that. When literally, if you do the fucking numbers, even if only 10% give a shit about what we're putting out, that's 120 fucking things. 120. 5%, 60, 2.5% is fucking third. Even 1% is still 12. Like, it, it, it pays for itself. It really does. Yeah, if you get 1% that can get 12 big publications to write something about your music, that just adds more to it. And honestly, given the content about some of the stuff that, I mean, if you guys have even brought up on Cold Blooded, we'll find one in volume two. There's a lot there that, you know, some publication could look at, could really pick up on. And just really sink their teeth into and really create something all around it that could, you know, take a different direction, but all be driven off of your music, like past the needle. Like it could be driven off of a lot of that stuff with how people deal with, you know, people around them in life that are constantly using drugs and alcohol and how it affects them and how it affects you on that front as well. It, it could something they could create a story all off of that and it all could be inspired by your music and your music could be you know the forefront of that and all of a sudden they bring you in because hell you wrote the song about this stuff you're the one that really went through something like this so you kind of have that expert opinion in a way and it also adds more to the lore of the artist as well with generation underground you know i think a thing that you know kind of goes in what you were just saying kevin like i have a lot of people that i'm friends with or you know or family that they're not necessarily into what we play musically, but they're just like, we check out because we want to support you, Mike. And they're like, you know, like, you know, like my friend's mom, she's like, you know, I don't like rock and heavy metal. She goes, but your songs, they're really good and they're really catchy. And I was like, that's the point. The point is I want people who don't like his music to like this band. Like, you know, like we, we have these buddies out in um New York. They're called um Across the White Water Tower. They're, it's like a mix of like, they're currently on tour with Attack Attack. Kevin, it's like a mix of like metalcore, new metal, a little bit of deathcore, and like rap metal. It is the weirdest. And like with like a little bit of Attack Attack in them. It, it's the, they're one of the most diverse bands ever, but they cater so many different fucking people. And they're my boys. And like, I, I couldn't say enough positive things about their new record that just came out two days ago. And the name of that record is... It's a long one. It's like their name. If you died right now, comma, what would they remember? Let's go check it out. That's actually a really good name for an album. Holy shit. Yeah. Very good artwork, too, I got to say. Damn. Well, we're going to have to get, definitely check that out. I might have to, you know, I'm going to have to listen to it and then uh, might have to bring them on this podcast as well and talk all about this shit because, my God, that sounds like, I mean, just from how you put it together where all those different influences rolled into one. I'm trying to wrap my head around even how the potential of that could happen. But again, it gives so many people a chance to potentially check it out where, like you said, y your music has a potential for people that don't necessarily like rock metal to latch on to something that you guys are doing to support what you guys are doing and then add more to it. And even with like the message behind some of these songs as well, just add so much more 
to potential to, you know, connect with people with different stories, different publications. Hell, if, again, if 1% of those 1,200 pick up something on you and create potential story off of, you know, what you guys are making, what you guys are working on, what music you're talking about, what, you know, stories you're putting out there, what message you're putting out there, where the influence is, it just adds so much more potential for the band and for you guys to connect with people that you normally wouldn't connect with had you not had done something like that. It gives you a chance to connect people who normally don't listen to the style of music and it gives so much more substance to the band and adds so much more lore to the band that it allows people to really catch on to it. So, I mean, the real theme of this whole entire podcast end up kind of being, you know, you guys have, you know, you guys have Cold Blood Volume 2 coming out on uh, 4 two years after the first volume came out. And then you guys have a whole nother record still that you're working on. They've got 11 songs already done, a 12th one in the works, that you guys have a brand new team around you. You've got a whole different new mindset around this stuff to really deliver this and really create this whole entire lore behind Generation Underground for everyone to have potential to get into, whether it's through different publications, whether it's through, you know, just really attack like attacking in on and honing in on things that, you know, potential other people are doing reverse engineering them and figuring out for yourself, adapting to the times and focusing in on different social media spots, including TikTok as well. It just gives you guys so much more potential to reach so many different people with your music. By, by the time, you know, we do this again, when the next record comes out or even before that, shit, all of a sudden I'm going to see some from Generation Underground. Like I'm going to start seeing publications write about you guys. Like I'm going to see Kerrang write about you guys. I'm going to see Loudwire write about you guys. Fuck, I could see Forbes writing about you guys out of nowhere. It's like, well, how the hell did this happen? I'm going to be looking at it like, I don't know exactly like the details of how this happened, but for some reason this makes a lot of sense. It's one of those things like we're in the industry. The industry is very gatekeeping with a lot of things where it's like, you know, a lot of people were very shallow when trying to give new things, you know, a shake. And I always love the argument of, you know, oh, I don't like the music, you know, write better music. Listen, at the end of the day, music comes down to, as Rob the Unicorn, (laughs) (laughs) music comes down to opinion at the end of the fucking day. And, you know, Just because I don't like something does not mean that someone else does. Look, everyone in the world loves fucking Spirit Box. I don't like Spirit Box. It doesn't mean that I don't. I honestly don't. Here, this will be the controversial quote from this interview. I don't like Spirit Box. (laughs) If you really want me to go further, I don't like Iron Maiden either. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm keeping it away. (laughs) Keep going, Mike. Keep going. You know, like, and, and but at the end of the day, it's my opinion. I, it's not. I don't care that, that no one that no one agrees with me that I don't like Spirit Box. I don't care. It's my opinion, but it doesn't make them bad people or bad music. It just it's not my cup of tea. I'm sure they're great people. You know, I've seen them live. They're, you know, they're good. It's just it's not my thing. But like, if more people be open in the scene of rock and metal to be willing to let the next generation of people come through. Like people always tell me, they're like, you know, Oh, well there's nothing, you know, rock is dead. I'm like, you know, fuck Gene Simmons. The dude doesn't know what he's talking about. Like we have a great underground scene, no pun intended when it comes to rock and metal, we got everything, you know, we got bands moving the needle, like knock loose. We have the code oranges. We have all these great bands, you know, under that, like, yeah, we got Born Anew, we got Brand of Sacrifice, we got Body Snatcher, we got Currents, we got Boundaries, we got, you know, 
We got From Ashes to New. We got Fame on Fire. We got Ice Nine Kills. We got Bad Omens. Like, we have bands that are like, we have this great collective underground scene, but it's the old heads and it's the people gatekeeping it that are afraid to turn off of the fucking terrestrial radio station of, I don't need to hear Running With The Devil from Van Halen again. I'm sure EVH's fucking family is doing perfectly fine with those royalty checks. Give a new fucking band a shake, motherfucker. Please. I think Somebody I, new. I personally think it's time we just remove that group of people from the music scene entirely. Honestly, keep listening. Your opinion doesn't matter anymore. I think Rob actually has a good point there because I mean, and then going on to Mike's point as well, when you take a look at, you know, the, like the radio stations that people are listening to, it's like, you know, we play everything that rocks the kind of that kind of those kind of radio stations. I rarely, rarely, rarely hear anything that was made before the year 2005 or after the year 2005. It's, you know, you're hearing a lot of just, Oh, we're going to play, you know, run it with the devil again. And we're going to play, you know, Enter Sandman by Metallica. They're playing everything from like the 80s and 90s, and they might sprinkle in, you know, maybe a like a softer disturbed song in there or a breaking Benjamin song or maybe something from Shine Down from the year 2010. Fuck, I don't know. But you never hear really anything that's new and current. And even though, you know, I think Octane does a serious and Octane does a good job at that, there's still a lot of politics around that as well, where just if we can just really focus in on, you know, letting what is current right now really come through and really get exposed again octane is a great place to start but i feel like we got to have more of these radio stations not the ones that you know you have to pay satellite radio for but just the ones that you get over the air in your local town or wherever the fuck you are just listen to the rock stations there and hopeful and like and we want to get those rock stations to be playing some stuff we need to get them to be playing stuff like ice nine kills or currents or i know mike's gonna probably you know cringe this one spirit box just because wage war we need to get to play stuff like that or you know some of the stuff that's kind of you know coming up as well varsity belmont the that kind of stuff because a lot like bad omens these bands are pushing the needle in a different direction they're pushing the needle in a direction that is for these current times that are going to that's going to connect with so many more people yeah sure you know the stuff that was the hair metal stuff, yeah, that was cool. But who's really connecting with it now under the age of 40? You know, and <clears throat> whether you want to admit it or not, you know, the older bands, they're going to die off. Like, you know, like we lost EVH, we've lost Lemmy, we've lost, you know, Black Sabbath is retired. Like, you know, Metallica's getting up there in age, Slayer's retired, you know, like, and though I don't, I think they'll come back. You know, and money talks. And, you know, and they enough, had their enough. fun. They had their fun. It's time for us to take that fun. It is. That's their the fun that, that is the honest truth. You know, like they can come back. We're just gonna they're gonna put them in their own little lane. We're gonna take we're gonna take the lane away from them because, like, you know, like why don't we let somebody new win? A Grammy. And you don't hear, I'll use Spirit Box as an example. Why doesn't fucking Spirit Box win the fucking Grammy? But fucking Mastodon does. It's nothing against Mastodon. They deserve it well. But if you gave it the spirit box, you are bringing so much more attention to the local and the underground scene. Why the fuck in 2004 or five is Motorhead beating Hatebreed with a Metallica cover? 
Why are they beating Hatebreed out for a fucking Grammy? You don't understand what it would do for a hardcore man if they wanted a Grammy. And you could sit here and be like, the Grammys mean nothing and it's a bull. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But like, it's it's not us. It's the people outside of the scene who need to understand it. Like, oh yeah, well, this band's a Grammy. That doesn't mean shit, but if fucking Billie Eilish has 17 Grammys, everyone's like, oh my God, she's a Grammy winning artist. It's like, yeah, she's good at what she does, but like one of Billie Eilish's Grammys, if that went to, let's say, um, you know, a, a state champs, an all-time low, someone that's a little bit more popular, a little bit different, that would make a, such a fucking big difference versus if Parkway Drive got a Grammy, if not loose got a Grammy, those things would hold so much more weight than fucking Tenacious D winning a Grammy. Oh, you, you pick Tenacious D because Jack Black is in it? Yeah, that, that's great. Everybody knows Jack Black. Why does he need a Grammy? Tenacious D always deserves a Grammy. I'm sorry. <laughs> but shit, Mike, what you just said is something that I believe needs to be resonated for a long time now, and it was... When it comes to rock and metal scene, yeah, we don't give a shit about the Grammys. But at this point, it's not about what we give a shit about. It's about what the people who give a shit about the Grammys give a shit about. And, I mean, fuck. If, what happens if we get, you know, what happens if Code Orange wins a Grammy? What happens if Spirit Box wins a Grammy? What happens if Wage War does? What happens if for somehow <laughs> Ice Nine Kills freaking wins a Grammy for something? How like, they, should win, they should win a VMA ice night kill. Is that like <laughs> for the videography that they fucking do? That's that's where their alley belongs. Specifically for funeral arrangements, my god, they should have. And it's funny that you bring up ice night kills. So no one knows it's just CNO. We have Pablo from Chelsea Green on our betrayal, which is coming out tomorrow, which it'll be out by the time you see us. If Spencer Charnis from Ice Nine Kills wasn't so fucking busy and actually answered sooner, he would have been the guy. Just seen you know, on the song. We actually reached out to him and we reached out to Ryu from Crystal Lake and Tom Barber of Chelsea Grin. But Pablo answered not necessarily the quickest, but the thing what we wanted with our show, we wanted we did we did when we did our song Slaves of the System with Bronze from Attila, like yeah, it's cool, but it doesn't hit the same because he's not in the video. He didn't want to be in the video. I and mean, he's entitled to his opinion, but doesn't mean I I have to agree with it. But you know, we told Pablo, and they look, paying you the money is not the issue. Are you going to be down to be in the video? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'll get my guy Tim out and we'll do the video. And we honestly, we filmed the video in New Jersey and they filmed out in Salt Lake City. And the guy did the video, Mike Monza, he edited it all together. And I was like, <clears throat> when this song comes out tomorrow, and people are like, oh my God, they have Pablo's song. No, you don't understand. Pablo's in the fucking video too. Like that hits so much harder that resonates so much fucking harder than it fucking ever would. He's always oh, on the song. No, he's in the goddamn video too. Like that's where the, we're, you know, putting the nail in the coffin where this really hits home with is the fact that he's actually in the video. Shit. <laughs> well, two things on that one. If Spencer would have been on that fucking song, you probably would have had me just like, <laughs> God fucking Damn it, man. But Pablo, that song still, God damn it, man. I'm just going to take the fucking out of that one. That's also my, you know, my ha my fandom for Ice Nine Kills kind of shine through right there. However, having him in the video, I mean, that just adds so much more to the connection that people make to that song, especially if they watch it because all of a sudden they see Pablo and it's just like, 
wait, he's a, he's a part of this? Yeah, he's a freaking part of this. Like, and you can see that happen here. Another, a good example of that is like, I mean, listen to the song, Dr- I'm gonna bring a fine verse again. Listen to the song, Drugs. All of a sudden it's, you watch the video for that song and there's a lot going on there. All of a sudden, Corey Taylor comes in the video out of fucking nowhere. And it just shocks the ever-loving shit out of you the first time you see it. It's like, wait, what? But it connects it connects so many other people to the song because, yeah, Corey Taylor's featured there, but you actually get to see him in the freaking video. Same thing with Pablo on this one. Some people are going to be like, oh, my God, he's in the freaking video. Yeah, there's a connection there. There's a visual connection there. People are going to have such an easier time to latch on to the freaking song. Damn. That's all I can say to that. It's just, damn, you're fucking right. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, the visual aspect of it goes a long way. I mean, you know, like, I was watching, um, what is Tom DeLonge's of the band? Like, Angels and In- Airwaves, I think it's what? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I watched their video that they put out for one of their songs. It was in NHL 22. And I'm, like, listening to them. I'm, like, oh, this is like, for, like, oh, four, oh, five. And I watched the video. I'm, like, and, and it says 2021. And I was, like, there's no way this actually came out. And people are, like, this is great. This sounds like what Blink should sound like. And I was, like. You know, there's a way of doing this, right? There absolutely is a way. Like, I saw, I literally was on Twitter last night, and apparently Cardi B likes My Chemical Romance now. And, like, everyone in the metal scene's having a fucking a, a tyrant about this. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, so they don't make music with this anymore. It's like, they don't. They honestly don't. Like, no one gave a shit about My Chem 10 years ago. No one did. They go away. It's like the same with fucking Mudvayne. No one cared. I mean, right, people cared. But, like, when Mudvayne was a thing, it was like, and then fucking the meme of Birder Ding became a thing. And then everyone was like, oh my God, we need Mudvayne, we need Mudvayne. And then they came back with makeup. And like, I was there when they did the first show back and it was, it was cool. So we found the chat of COVID and then it made sense why it wasn't as good as I thought it would be, et cetera, et cetera. But like, you know, and my chem, like, you know, like I'm from New Jersey. We're all from New Jersey. Like my chem is a big fucking deal here. Like, you know, they are from 40 minutes north of me in newark like they went away it was like yeah it's okay it's sad and they came back and everyone was like oh my god my chemical romance is back and i was like yeah like time i think you know makes the heart grow fonder same with like rage against the machine if you'd ever thought i would ever say the words i'm gonna see rage against the machine this summer i thought you're fucking crazy because i never thought it ever happened never ever in a million years of it ever happened God damn, you're actually right on that. Because even like my chem, like I remember my chem around, you know, when I was in high school and shit, but all of a sudden it was, no one really gave a shit about them. And all of a sudden it was, you know, as time went on, it's like, oh my God, my chemical romance. Ah! And now they came, as they came back and people are just like begging for that tour to happen after being postponed for two freaking years. And I mean, I get it. I get it. But God, it makes such a great point with that too. I, I didn't even know Cardi B like came on since she was a my chem fan. And all of a sudden all these rock and metal fans were like, have, you got their like, you know, panties in a bunch and get all butthurt over shit like that right but one tweet from cardi b just gave my chemical romance so much more fucking popularity from that side of the world that you would never know I mean, like you know post malone's and the infant annihilator then we got um what's about ed sheeran is apparently doing a song with danny filth of cradle of filth how the fuck is cradle of filth and ed sheeran <laughs> doing a song like, how, like how does that make any sense we got Ollie Sykes doing a song with MGK, you know. And, That's Ollie Sykes and, at that and, point. And, we already know what's going on there. Right. At, at least Ollie Sykes doesn't make music for high school kids or hang around high schools like MGK does. But, you know, that's besides <laughs> the point. So, you know, I, you know, it, but at the end of the day, like, those things, hold, you know, like, Little Peep was super big into fucking, like, pop punk and this. And I mean, you know, 
You got people like Ski Mass, a slump god, wearing a slipknot shirt on stage. You got, you know, the the, the infamous Juice World versus Yellow Card lawsuit, which was just, oh, that, that lawsuit was so stupid. And the fact that they kept the lawsuit going after Juice World died was just so fucking petty. They're like, he stole our loop. I'm like, you guys are so fucking stupid. You guys are literally creating a problem for no reason. Like, if you guys actually, like, sat there and like, yo, this is embraced by Juice World, like, they would have a lot more notoriety and said they look like the biggest dickheads ever because they went after a, a guy who literally fucking died because they wanted more money. Yeah, it wasn't a good situation, but... No. I mean, I mean, I mean, kind of like to just wrap this up as well. I mean, you take a look at some like what we talked about with just really kind of, you know, having rock and metal become, you know, the thing that we want to become to have it be the prominent thing. Once again, the most popular thing. Once again, what we're seeing now is, you know, all these different collaborations and it's, it's insane to see how many of these things are happening, but it's bringing a lot more attention to rock and, metal and people adapting with the times you guys adapting with the times, you know, bringing together this whole entire new team with different uh, the manager publicists all this kind of stuff to really focus in on you know different publications what's going to be the best to you know promote this music through tiktok instagram anywhere on social media anywhere on these streaming platforms how is it going to be the best to really take these algorithms figure them out and work within our content to really make this happen it's basically you know the smart thing to do you're adapting to the times and especially with some of these other artists that are out there that we're talking about you know doing these different collaborations and everything it's bringing much more attention to the scene that we want to see and there's going to be the old heads there that are going to, you know, basically have their jowls hanging out like, oh, this isn't good. And well, things aren't the way they used to be. Yeah, things aren't the way they used to be. We got to roll with it. If we and otherwise, you know, if we don't adapt, we're just going to fucking die out there. And all of a sudden, you know, we're going to hear Gene Simmons from the grave saying rock is dead and people are going to continue to believe it. When truly, I mean, you take a look at bands that are coming up, some of the bands that are really popular in the quote unquote underground scene that, you know, pop that pop culture doesn't know about. And it's like, Jesus Christ, look, listen, look and listen to what they're doing. It's fantastic. It's something that's a breath of fresh air. It's new. It's insane. So we got to kind of find a way to have that be given its day and adapting to the way that things are right now, adapting to the, the social landscape, adapting to where the attention is and understanding how to maximize on that it will hopefully lead to good things. And I think it will. Yeah. I mean, like, I think a big thing is like, look at like the rap festivals with rolling loud, like the biggest people on those festivals are the new ones. You got, you know, Travis Scott's a headliner, Post Malone, Juice Rolling was here, X, Mac Miller. Why are the new people in every other genre of music the fucking kings and queens? Billie Eilish, Halsey, Cardi B, Post Malone. No one gives a fuck. No one wants to see Eminem. I'm sorry. Like, I love Eminem, but like, people in my age bracket don't give a shit about Eminem. They're like, I want to see fucking Travis Scott. Like, and like they're entitled to their opinion, but like in rock and metal, it's just like, oh yeah, who's the headliner? Let me guess. System of Down, Corn, Slipknot, Metallica, Alice in Chains, the Foo Fighters. It's like, can we get somebody fucking new? Because honestly, Kevin, yeah, today I can name probably two bands, and maybe three, two or three bands in the last fifteen to twenty years who have started out and can do at least some bit of over five thousand capacity. Five Finger Death Punch, Shine Down, Bring Me the Horizon, A Day to Remember, and I guess Ivor Bell. So I got five. Who else? Who else in I'm rock and metal that's come out since 2002 or three can sell over 5,000 tickets on their own? 
because I'll wait because I don't think there's anybody else I missed. I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think, and I honestly don't think you missed out on anybody. I think I prevail might be a little bit of a reach though, but a day to remember, I've seen it. I- I've seen it happen. Bring me the Ryzen. We've seen it happen. Five finger shine down. I have seen that happen. Five finger death punch. I mean. I haven't seen it happen personally, but I know what's happened. Like, it's it's not that hard. I mean, they were going to do a freaking tour before the world shut down in 2020. They were going to headline, and they were doing freaking arenas. It also included I Prevail on there as well, along with, I believe, Papa Roach and Ice Nine Kills. But yep. still, with Five Finger Death Punch as a headline, I mean, you're drawing a massive crowd there. But it makes a lot of sense where you take, again, I, that was the one problem I had with all of a sudden, like, the Damon Presents festivals when they're doing, like, ev- like everyone's going to have Metallica pl- headline two nights in a row. Yeah, it's going to bring in tickets, but... That's going to just keep the old guard up and it's not going to let anything new come through. And which about the rap festivals? Oh, holy shit, are you correct? My God, I mean, you're taking a look at, you know, people that have been popular for, you know, in the past couple of years. They're the ones headlining. It's, you're not seeing Eminem, even though myself, like, I would like to see Eminem perform one day. If I was a fan of the genre, like, even like people I know, they're not going to go fucking see Eminem. They're going to want to go and see, uh, shit, I don't even know who's popular right now. I'm talking about Right, right. They want fucking, they want Roddy Rich, they want Future, they want Meek Mill. And I like all these people, but like, they don't want right. They don't, I mean, Snoop Dogg kind of gets a pass because it's Snoop Dogg, but like, and they don't care as much for a Dre, 50 Cent, Eminem, uh, you know, Tupac, Hologram, you know, like, it, it, they, they would rather hear what's new. You know, they want little Uzi Vert, they want there's some I'm missing a big fucking rapper that I'm like striking out on name wise. We're missing the you know, Playboy Cardi. Those are people like they want them. They don't want, you know, uh, ice cube, ice tea. It's nothing against these people, but that's how every other industry works is the new acts they fucking they hold the cards. You're not hearing Eminem on fucking uh, what's it called? Like the Breakfast Club show. You're not hearing it, but they're probably gonna play something from Travis Scott in the hour. Like now, rock and metal. We flip that. Oh, it's gonna be fucking Lincoln Park, Metallica, Van Halen, Molly Crew, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, and maybe we'll get like a watered down a day to remember song. Maybe, maybe. Shit, goddamn, you're right on that. I mean, this has been. Honestly, for this conversation, I had no idea where this conversation would go, but I, I know we always have incredible conversations. Like, and my God, this one just took off in a way that it's just, there's so much here just to really talk about when it comes to rock and metal, when it comes to what you guys are doing to really, you know, work with yourself, adapt, to push yourself forward, to push your music forward, but also when it comes to the whole entire rock and metal scene as well, how, you know, younger artists are adapting and the old guard is like, ah, we don't want this stuff with the jowls. You know, God, this is bad. We, we just want more Motley Crue and we just want more uh, corn. Corn. Yeah, just corn. corn. Cream corn. <laughs> I had to do it with the jowls. Just corn. It just kind of sounds Corn funny. on the cob. Yeah, corn on the freaking cob. But, I mean, there's so much here to really sink, sink into. But I think, again, the biggest thing that anybody can take from this is when it comes to rock and metal, it's – we have to, you know, adapt to what's going on right now. We have to adapt to where the attention is right now, or we're just going to end up, you know, continuing down this path where we're just going to see, you know, Metallica continue to headline over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until, you know, they're going to push Lars out there in a wheelchair and they're still going to headline. 
It's true though, but I but here's the I give Metallica a lot of credit because who is fucking opening Kevin for Metallica in Buffalo and Pittsburgh? Ice Nine Kills. <laughs> that That's is true. my point. That is who true. Who else is opening? I don't like Greta Van Fleet. I honestly don't. And here, fucking cause another yeah. problem with Rob. All right, at least he agrees with me for once. <laughs> <laughs> but they're new. Like, I, I thank yeah. you. I, I can finally, yeah, I finally get something. But like, I get it. I understand. Like the. The Greta Van Vliet to, oh my God, I love Led Zeppelin. It sounds like Led Zeppelin. That's great. And that's great that they're bringing, they're bringing in that older crowd for newer music. But are they going to listen to anything that's not Greta Van Vliet? That I honestly don't know. I hope so, but I don't know. You yeah, know? And I, I do understand where you're from, from, uh, coming from with the whole mentality, you know, bringing Greta Van Vliet and Ice Nine Kills out. But kind of like where the, some of the difference comes in, kind of like where I was looking at was I was looking more on the festival side of things where it's like they're dominating these festivals. I mean, when this comes up, uh, Metallica playing in Buffalo and in where are they play, it was it Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, where they Pittsburgh. have, yeah, where they have Greta Van Fleet and Ice Nine Kills. That's that's a Metallica show. And it's just there. And you have Ice Nine Kills and Greta Van Fleet opening. I have to give a lot of credit to Metallica, though, because I think that's a, those are two great freaking picks when it comes to, you know, artists. You know, you're giving a little bit of a different flavor to the fans that are going to see a Metallica show, but you're giving bands that are really growing a chance to continue to get into a completely different audience that might not really listen to them. But on top of that as well, it's just we got to have more of that from like that standpoint in terms of the old guard allowing a lot more of the new stuff to come through and allowing a lot and potentially removing some of that old guard to help bring the new blood in. Yeah. And the community as a whole could do a little bit of a better job of being more of a community. Like it's not a fucking pissy match. Like I don't care if someone doesn't like black bill brides, but when black bill brides debuts in the top 50 on billboard, that helps everybody. I don't want to hear this and that. Every band that puts out rock or metal music, and when they succeed, the genre succeeds. It doesn't matter if you don't like it. The genre succeeds. And stop having this hardcore pigeonhole mentality that once you get out of your scene, you're a fucking sellout. Listen, I could sit here right now and be like, yeah, I don't like a new Bad Omens record. They sold out. But you know what they sold out into? I'm sure they're going to get a much bigger tours now. I'm sure they'll have a bigger fucking range and a wider listener range. You know what? Good for them. I'm not going to sit here and be, you know, the gatekeeper. I, I can't, you can't sit here and be like, oh, I want this band to stay like this forever. Listen, if Bring Me the Horizon stayed like deathcore, we would not have what we have now. Like, you could sit here and you may not like Amo. You may not like that Spirit. You may not even like fucking Suicide Season. But every record brought a new progression and everybody follows behind them like they're the leaders of the pack. And I feel like they're finally getting the respect because when they were metalcore, no one fucking liked them. Same when they asked Alexander, no one liked them ever, literally fucking ever. And then they go fucking butt rock and everyone's like, I miss fucking heavy bring me. It's like, whoa, six months ago, you fucking trashed on heavy bring me. So what the fuck is this? Shit, they just never no happy, man. No yeah, one's ever happy. No one's ever happy. No. But you're just bringing the freaking heat in. I, 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 I can't wait for people to listen to this shit, man. There's so much to really sink your teeth into. And honestly, just I do agree with you as a community. We gotta stop just doing the. We gotta stop, you know, beating beating each other. We gotta stop the fucking pissing match. And honestly, just yeah. If Blackfield Brides debuts in the top fifty, that's good. That's a good thing. Don't be pissed off about because you don't like Blackfield Brides. Who get even with the Trinity of Terror tour? I'm just like I saw Black Veil Brides on there. I'm like, 
I get to see Black Veil Brides in a concert setting that I actually am really going to be excited to see them in. Fuck yeah! Because, I mean, I saw them one they time. Are, they, and, they, they are good. They yeah. are good. It's just like, not everyone's cup yeah. of tea. Because I saw them in 2021, and I like I liked their sound. I liked their stage performance, but I did not like the crowd that I was in because no one was really moving. But now I'm like, I'm going to be in a crowd with a bunch of other Ice Nine Kills, Emotionals, and White fans. There's going to be some fucking movement there that I'm going to be a huge fan. I'm like, I can't wait for that. It's so like, kind of just adds to the whole entire, like, not gay thing. But my God, guys, I mean, when it comes to a podcast, when it comes to so many different things to really pull from and really just sink your teeth into, man, this was fucking it. This was too cool, man. This was awesome. Should rename the podcast instead of the core progression podcast, the non-gatekeeping pro- podcast. I might have to after this one. <laughs> so, guys, as we bring this podcast to its conclusion, you guys know how this works. Well, I know Mike knows how this works. Like you have a, uh, like to give you guys a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the podcast. So floor is yours, guys. We'll let Raph go first. Let's change it up. Have a nice day, everyone. Stay safe. Smoke weed, not mess. Valid. Couldn't say it better than myself. Uh, I'll, I'll do the, the, the non-weed smoking pitch. Um, <laughs> new record. Cold-Blooded Volume 2, out on 420, 22. So you could smoke weed on 420 while you listen to our new record. And if you're really interested, you can go listen to the previous one, Cold-Blooded Volume 1, which will be two years old on 420. If you really want to be an asshole, the first record, self-titled Generation Underground featuring Franz and Matilla, that is always available. And if you really want to be an asshole, we have merchandise too. We have these great pink shirts you can piss off everybody with. Skulls on the front. Nothing on the back. Then we have these ones where we got the logo in the corner, and then we have the first album artwork on the back. It's kind of crushed because I've been wearing this for two years. And then uh, we have these black ones that I don't have a picture of them, but it's like this, but in the middle. So if anything you've heard me say, bitch or rant about why I don't like Spirit Box, interest you today, <laughs> please take us take a second. Tell your friends, go follow us on all social media platforms. We're either under Generation Underground or Generation Under or Generation Underground Bam. We have a lot of content. There will be some bit of music that we have that you will like. I promise you that. And if you like what's coming out, you have no fucking idea what you're in store for when this new record comes out. The one after this one. Because, my God, you want heavy? It is fucking heavy. That shit is nasty. It is nastier. It is nastier than the fucking dumpster down the street from your house. This shit's pretty nasty too, bro. Pretty nasty. The dumpster. That dumpster smells like my nightmares. Yeah, I get a lot of cool shit out of it, though. You know. <laughs> yeah. All right, now as I bring this podcast in close, three things. So first thing is first, when it comes to Generation Underground, yes, Cobalt Volume Two is coming out on 4-2022. They also have the song Our Betrayal, which has been out for a while, but you know you're gonna get the to actually get to really fully experience it in the full release entirety by the time this podcast comes out. So you're gonna want to watch that video because it does feature someone named Pablo that you're gonna probably know. So go check that out. And when it comes to Find me on social media because you're going to want to follow along with the band as well. Buy some merch, all that kind of stuff. You're going to want to do that because, I mean, if the following record is going to be heavy as shit and it's going to be as nasty as the dumpster down the street that smells like my nightmares, yeah, you're going to want to follow along with them, stream music, all this kind of stuff. So the best way to do that is to look at the description of the podcast. 
and it'll say find generation underground online links labels and everything for you to click go like share subscribe listen stream download buy their merch all that kind of stuff i make it easy as possible for you guys so you guys have no reason not to get into it and now time for number two because i know i brought this up to mike now with raf and Robin, you guys get the first iteration of this for your chance as well so I love having you guys in the podcast. I mean, this is the third time I've done with Generation Ground. This is not going to be the last time I do one with you guys. I mean, Mike, you pretty much know this at this point. Like, this is going to be a continuous thing that we do all the time. So the promise I always make when I have bands on the podcast is if I enjoy being on the podcast, which happens every single time, when I get to see perform live for the first time, because I still have not seen Generation Underground perform live for the first time, when I get to see them perform live for the first time, my promise to you guys is always that the first round is on me. So, Rob, Raf, when I see you perform live for the first time, first round's on me. Mike, I owe you three now. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll spread them out. We'll, we'll give them the Josh as punishment for not coming on the interview. Five straight. We'll, we'll do five straight. We'll do five straight tequila shots for Josh. Or Rail Gin, one of the two. Jaeger bombs. What, whatever's harder. Pink Whitney. Uh, pickle bag. <laughs> five pickle bags straight to the throat. Oh. Game over. Oh. Ooh. Dang. You're making me want to become a unicorn, Rob, after hearing that one. <laughs> <laughs> the unicorn Ugh. life is a hard life, dude. You got to do a lot of picklebacks <laughs> to get these. <laughs> okay, this is, that's, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm at a loss of words right now. So as we close this podcast out, guys, this is not goodbye because it's the third time we've done with Generation Underground. So, Rob, Rob, we'll have you guys back. Mike, you know you're coming back in the podcast at some point in the future, most likely when that new record gets going. So we'll do that again once again. So on that note, guys, this is See You Later. Meh. Well, well, folks, that's my interview with Mike, Rob, and Rob from the band Generation Underground. Once again, please, please, please go follow all their stuff, all their socials. Go stream their music, buy their music, download, buy some merch. All the links for Generation Underground are in the description of the podcast under Find Generation Underground Online. You just to click the links and do what you need to do on those links. So go give them a follow because... Again, their next album when they come out that is going to be heavy. It's going to be as nasty as a dumpster down the street that smells like my nightmares. And you're not going to want to miss out on it. So make sure you go do that. Also, remember to make sure you're following the Core Progression podcast as well. You know, we do have the podcast on YouTube with the videos. We also do audio streams on Spotify, podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. I almost like Google Play, but Google Play is no longer a thing. So we do have those right there. If you want to subscribe, please do. I really appreciate it if you do because that just helps us out even more. Helps us bring on, you know the acts that we continue to love to bring on those, you know, upcoming acts along with getting some of those bigger acts too, because there have been times where like I've reached out to bands and they've told me that you're not big enough. Actually it was, I have two lists up there. I should put three up there, but it's not the bands that have said that it's mostly like their management team or maybe the PR firms, which I get, I totally understand. I just have a list up there, which is like, you know, I want to show them and then bring them on the podcast. I'm not going to not bring them on the podcast. Come on. So you're going to want to be sure that you're here for that. And when it comes down to social media, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, all links are to the podcast below. So you're going to want to follow us on all those. Keep up the core progression podcast. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Thank you, Custom Abuse, for sponsoring this podcast. Their links and their promo codes are in the description of the podcast. Thank you, Mike and the guys, once again, from Generation Underground. This conversation went from something that I wasn't sure where we are going to go with this, but I always know with Mike we have incredible conversations. And this took on a whole life of its own that I'm so glad it took on. So... Go and listen to it again. So on that note, that's going to be it for you guys. Thank you for to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I am every single one. That's the big, healthy, hearty. See you!